Recently on the Marketplace Morning Report, you heard our Democracy in the Desert series. We took you to places characterized by researchers as news deserts to see what communities stand to lose when they're without a local news ecosystem, especially during an election year. This kind of reporting takes resources. David Brancaccio went on a six-day reporting trip with two of our producers, grounding themselves in these communities and meeting locals who are trying to find solutions and fill the gaps. Every donation to Marketplace helps sustain this kind of in-depth journalism. Please give what you can today at marketplace.org slash donate. We're celebrating Marketplace's 35th anniversary with some throwback thank you gifts available during this March fundraiser. We took our old dot-com era logo and put it on a sticker, a glass mug, a tote bag, and a t-shirt. No matter how much you donate, you can get a fun piece of Marketplace history. Check them out at marketplace.org slash donate. These limited edition gifts are only available through March 22nd. Get yours at marketplace.org slash donate. Inflation is not vanquished. What that means for the economy. From Marketplace, I'm Sabri Beneshore, in for David Brancaccio. We got the latest inflation data yesterday, and as you may have heard, it was worse than expected. The consumer price index was higher in January than it was in December. That is the wrong direction. Year-over-year inflation was up 3.1%. That, at least, was an improvement over December's. But the fact is we are still above the Federal Reserve's ideal inflation rate of 2%. Markets were not pleased. The S&P 500 and the Dow both fell 1.4%. The Nasdaq fell 1.8%. For more, let's turn to Ben Kumar. He's head of equity strategy at Seven Investment Management. Good morning. Good morning. So can we take a moment just to walk everyone through the why behind why stock markets didn't really like the fact that fighting inflation appears to be taking longer than expected? Yeah, the, the the really simple way to think about it is that when inflation is high, the Federal Reserve will try and get inflation lower, usually by raising interest rates. What they're trying to do is suck a little bit of the excitement out of the economy. And we can all kind of see how that 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 works. You know, higher interest rates mean that borrowing is a bit more expensive. So we're a little bit less likely to go and borrow and spend money. And it also means that savings accounts are a little bit more attractive. We might want to put a little bit more money in the bank to earn a bit of interest. So it just slows the whole economy down. The problem is that markets, as you'd expect, equity markets in particular, don't like a slow economy. They need growth to keep investments flowing. Yeah, and markets had one view. Uh, they didn't like it. But I'm wondering what yours is. Are you as sort of pessimistic as, as traders yesterday appear to have been? Yeah, I think that traders in particular have been a little bit too optimistic about how quickly rates are going to come down across the world, to be honest with you. Um, you know, the, the Federal Reserve, the Bank of England, the, uh, the European Central Bank, all of these institutions tend not to do things in a hurry. If we go back to to thinking about when rates started to rise, most of the commentary at the time was that central banks had moved too slowly. I fully expect you'll see the same thing here. Inflation will come down and central banks will wait until they are 100% certain that inflation is around the 2% target. 
So when everyone got very excited at the end of last year that inflation was coming down quickly and rate cuts might happen in, in 2024, my response and the response of my firm was, Let, let's take it easy, guys. You know, the, the central banks are not known for their speed. Bluntly, if interest rates are at the same level at the end of the year as they are today, I wouldn't be too surprised. Ben Kumar is head of equity strategy at Seven Investment Management. Ben, thank you so much. Thank you. There is word this morning that Walmart is in talks to buy Vizio, the bargain television brand, for about $2 billion, according to the Wall Street Journal. And this does raise a question, why? Why does Walmart want to get into the TV-making business? Marketplace's Nova Sappho is here to explain. Vizio has something that Walmart's private label brand of televisions do not. Vizio has its own operating system, which means it can place digital ads, and that means a growing piece of the ad-spending pie. This year, advertisers are forecast to spend nearly $30 billion in the U.S. for placements on smart televisions, which come with a trove of user data and potentially, with Walmart, information about how ad watching leads to product buying. In three years, eMarketer expects connected TV ad spending in the U.S. to top $40 billion. It's a rapidly growing business, and Walmart has previously indicated it wants to get in on the action, potentially making advertising more of a profit generator than what currently drives most of Walmart's earnings, the grocery business. Walmart is scheduled to report fourth quarter and full-year financial results next week. That means we're likely to know within days whether this deal is happening and how Walmart expects it to impact its bottom line. I'm Nova Safo for Marketplace. Talking to your backseat babies about money can be so hard. In fact, you probably don't even know where to start. So that's where the newest version of the Million Bazillion Academy steps in, our email newsletter course. You can start whenever, and you'll get a new lesson each week that you and your kids can complete at your own pace. They'll learn about crypto, the stock market, and so much more. And best of all, it's free. Million Bazillion Academy, making kids smarter about money. Sign up today at marketplace.org slash academy. This Valentine's Day, the chocolate economy is not so sweet. Hershey warned last week it will be cutting jobs as part of an effort to trim costs by about $300 million. Consumers have pulled back on sweet stuff, with candy costing almost 5% more than it did a year ago, according to the latest inflation data. And costs are likely to keep climbing, as Marketplace's Megan McCarty-Carino reports. Cocoa prices hit an all-time high last week, roughly doubling in a year, says economist John Bafez at the World Bank. So that has been a huge shock. And that, of course, comes at a time that we have huge demand. Most of the world's cocoa comes from just two countries, Cote d'Ivoire and Ghana, which were hit by extreme rains, thanks to the El Nino climate pattern, says commodities analyst Judith Gaines. That caused a lot of the crop to basically fall to the ground. And with heavy rains, you also have disease. El Nino is also the culprit in spiking sugar prices. India and Thailand saw drier weather. Gaines says shortages could ease as Brazil ups exports of sugar, but cocoa prices could stay high. How many you know cookie manufacturers are going to put fewer chocolate chips in their cookies? Or how many restaurateurs will put more 
you know, flans and cheesecakes on the menu. A bitter pill for chocolate lovers. I'm Megan McCarty Carino for Marketplace. In New York, I'm Sabri Beneshore with the Marketplace Morning Report. From APM American Public Media. Talking to your backseat babies about money can be so hard. In fact, you probably don't even know where to start. So that's where the newest version of the Million Bazillion Academy steps in, our email newsletter course. You can start whenever, and you'll get a new lesson each week that you and your kids can complete at your own pace. They'll learn about crypto, the stock market, and so much more. And best of all, it's free. Million Bazillion Academy, making kids smarter about money. Sign up today at marketplace.org slash academy.